Yeah, 16th pick. He was in the Jimmy Butler trade. So Chicago to Minnesota, 16th pick. Traded again with the Jimmy Butler trade to the 76ers. Cut by the 76ers. Signed by the Thunder. Traded to Dallas. Cut by Dallas. Signs with the Pistons. Traded by the Pistons. This is to the Clippers, cut by the Clippers, signed by the Bucks, cut by the Bucks, is now with Houston. This guy's played for 10 teams already. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple Podcast. You all know me, Nathan Schwartz, and joining me, Nico Lawson. Hello, guys. How are you, Nate? Doing well. I'm good. Yeah. We are without uh, without our third, so we're just going back to you know a, a little two man game. You know, some high action pick and rolls here. <laughs> uh, don't uh, no big three. No one's uh, taking a back seat. Dylan's uh, enjoying sleeping in for one. Gets up at six a.m. for this. <laughs> yeah, he said he was going out, uh, having a good time. So that must feel good being able to do that. Um, kind of envious. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know bars in Michigan are still pretty much not all that open or open with limited hours, limited capacity. I don't know how it is in Denmark, but... It's the same thing. Restaurants, bars, and all that, uh, they're closed. Still talking about whether or not they should actually open bars when when um, corona gets under control in the first place. Like, they were uh, trying to make some uh, limitations to how uh, late they can be open and stuff like that. So, still a lot of way to uh, go. Um, if you want to get out and get a nice beer or something. Do you have any ETA on when you'll get the vaccine? As far as I know, we should be fully vaccinated by like July. But but I think we are a little bit behind schedule uh, since uh, um, I must say I'm not 100%, 100% following all this. But it seems like one of the vaccinations uh, or vaccines uh, ha- have been... Um, um, they have been having some problems with uh, people getting, uh, what's it called in English? Blood clots, I think. You know, like uh, heart attacks and stuff. I think there's like a single instance of this happening out of like all the people vaccinated through uh, a few months now. Um, so it's a very small sample size, but they're taking no chances. And they just stopped using this vaccine, uh, throwing it out in the bins. So um, that's that kind of sucks. Am I a horrible person that I really want to use that blood clotting news to transition to Chris Bosch? <laughs> it makes sense. Is that but, horrible? But yeah, you're, you're, you're a horrible person, Nate. It feels horrible. <laughs> yeah. But he does have heart problems. And he is our topic of the week. Right. Be- because we were going to try to touch on uh, the recent Hall of Fame uh, finalist because it's been a slow week in the NBA. You know, we had All-Star break. The All-Star game is what the All-Star game always is. Steph Curry killed the three-point shootout. Dunk contest wasn't all that exciting. I know you're you're still catching up. Did you see any of the other uh, competitions? <laughs> um, I, I got to uh, watch the um, skills challenge. Um, as exciting as always. Um and I saw, uh, I think, the first two guys shooting the three-point contest. And then uh, my my sweet little girl needed some food. And uh, unfortunately, I, <laughs> I still have a lot of ways to go uh, in this uh, All-Star game. You didn't miss much. Some deep shooting, <laughs> you know, a couple of really highlight dunks. Uh, Chris Paul dunks. That's exciting. 
Oh, yeah, I saw some highlights. I saw the Chris Paul dunk. It's exciting. Um, I, I didn't even... Have you ever seen Chris Paul dunk? Honestly, Maybe. no. I, no, no, right? <laughs> didn't know he could do that. Like, it's a younger Chris Paul, like Lob City or Oklahoma, or, yeah, yeah. Pelicans Chris I don't Paul, rem- New Orleans. I don't remember him dunking, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. I, I can't wait to uh, <laughs> get to watch the rest of it. But to be honest, I'm not uh, pr- prioritizing uh, the All-Star game that high. I, I rather want to watch some of the top games every week. Yeah. But it's not that I'm an All-Star hater. I'm always getting entertained by the All-Star game, but... Um, yeah. Well, speaking of the All-Star game, Chris Bosh, an 11-time All-Star, is a finalist for uh, for the Hall of Fame. How, how do you feel about Bosh? Are, are you pro Bosh Hall of Fame? Yeah, I think I'm pro. I'm pro Bosh. Um, he was part of the uh, great Miami Heat team. Um, and he's a pretty good player. Um, he's an All-Star player, obviously. And um, I don't know if he, he's done anything in, in the college uh, department. You, maybe really. you know better than me, but... Um, yeah, I I loved Bosch. I'm really sad that the blood clot kind of stole several good years because those post-LeBron James years, he was still balling. And he had yeah. to be in the playoffs picture. He's a good defender too. He's, he's got the total package. In, in, in Toronto, he had that stellar like mid-range post game like kind of like Dirk Nowitzki type game I think but a little bit more explosive and athletic um and and he just took a step back in 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 Miami in order to um in order to let LeBron and Wade blossom and I, I respect him for that yeah. he made the playoffs twice with the Raptors first time he played against the Nets and get loses in six, I want to say. Uh, the Nets with Vince Carter, Jason Kidd, Richard Jefferson. 2008, he plays the Magic, Dwight Howard, Richard Lewis, Hidu Turgaloo. Can you guess or name or remember who were the second and third leading scorers for the Raptors in 2007 or 2008? There are four players, and if you can name one of them, I will give you 20 bucks. <laughs> I was just actually going to say that I, I don't really remember uh, a lot of his uh, teammates. But was Damon Stoudemire still on that team? No. I think I remember Jamario Moon was pretty good in Toronto. Moon was a starter one of those years. Yeah, not a top scorer? Not a top scorer. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I don't remember a single player from that Toronto team. Sergio <laughs> uh, Rodriguez, maybe? Nope, but you're, no. you're along the right track. He did oh, have... Jose Calderon. Jose right? Calderon, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Calderon, Jason Capono, TJ Ford, and Anthony Parker. Those were who he was running <laughs> with. Yeah, I'm just going to say that his uh, he did... Uh, just that he made it to the playoffs, that's an achievement by itself. That, that Toronto team wasn't good at all. Yeah, uh, I think we can forgive him for not having deeper playoff. Yeah, for sure. I don't, don't want to hear any of this Julius Randle is better as Bosch guard. Nah, 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 nah. And I love Randle. I mean, Randle still has time to uh, make a better career than Chris Bosch, but I doubt it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chris Bosch's game was just so much... Um, he, uh, he could just do it all. Like, good defender, good shooter, uh, had a nice post game. I'm sure he could have averaged more points per game if he wanted to in in Miami, or not even if he wanted to. If they needed him to be more mm-hmm. than he was, I'm sure he could be. Yeah. So I'm all in for 
making Chris Balser Hall of Famer. Uh, super deserved. Uh, I'm all in there. Uh, the second finalist, and we were really just going to go over the guys that it, were in some way impactful to the NBA. There are uh, WNBA finalists. There are uh, college finalists. But we were, we were really just going to focus. So going alphabetically, the second person is Michael Cooper, who is before both of us really watched. Probably before, I want to say he retired before I was born, although I grew up on film of him. Uh, mm. Do you have any Michael Cooper takes? No, not really. Um, it's definitely before my time. Um, and uh, I, I, it's not that I don't know him, um, but um, he's a six man, and that's all I know. But you probably know better than me being a Lagos fan, whether or not he uh, contributed enough to his team to actually make the uh, Hall of Famer. To me, he's not a clear-cut Hall of Fame player. See, I, I'm kind of with you there, um, and I love Coop. I'm just trying to find out who the worst uh, Hall of Famer is at the moment. It, good luck. Right. It's just such a hard thing to find because, yeah, you're just looking at such... Um, guys get in for so many different reasons that... Yeah. Hmm. It's not like there's a set, a set of... Uh, criteria for Hall of Fame like you have to beat this and that uh, you have to win a championship or you have to carry this and that uh, it's just we like these guys yeah they are now Hall of Famous okay yeah. they did well <laughs> it's it's not even limited to NBA which has always been one of my biggest problems with the Hall of Fame so it's mm. just kind of if you were in some way involved in basketball so I, you get guys like J.J. Redick will probably make it just because J.J. Redick was an insane college player. And so he right. could make it as a college player. And that's an aspect I have no idea of. Like, I watch no college basketball and don't follow it at all. So, Well, likewise, conversely, you've got guys who made it off of just being great in the Euro Leagues. Hmm. Um, who's the one Argent? There was an Argentinian or a Brazilian player who was in Jordan's draft class that never played in the league, but was like a multi-multi-time Olympian who got in just on his Olympic record. Really? Yeah. Uh, huh. I, always, I always thought that same Bowie was number one pick. Guess not. Nah, Hakeem. Yeah, okay. I didn't realize they were still doing 10 rounds of drafting when Jordan played. When Jordan Oscar was Smith? Yeah. Oscar Daniel Becerra Smith. Hmm. I have no idea who he is. He, I think he holds the Olympic most points scored record. It might have been broken in recent years but it was back when the olympics wouldn't allow amateurs to play so wow he's actually now he's still uh top yeah, career uh, points yeah mm. like Pau Gasol, pretty solid player for uh, spain he's played a lot of games he's uh 400 points behind him yeah it's pretty wild Pau is absolutely a lock for the hall of fame and i won't yeah i won't yeah, hear sure. any argument against that no 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 but back to michael cooper coop was a Eight-time all-defensive, uh, one-time defensive player, the incredible, incredible defender, almost zero offensive game, but he was the guy charged with stopping Larry Bird and stopped Larry Bird, so I say he was successful. I don't know. What is your stance? The Hall is kind of this ambiguous, um, amorphous blob, but do you think we should put role players in there that were super successful? Because that's he's a super sub. He's a super role player. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so hard because... Like we talked a little bit about this, uh, the Hall of Fame is just there's so many players in the Hall of Fame, and there's already role players in there, and there's probably weaker players than Michael Cooper in there, and and I'm sure you could make a case for Michael Cooper if, if he was like um, an integral uh, part of uh, the championship team, and and he was like just uh, 
I must say this I don't know anything about, but if if he was just like the main guy making sure uh, Larry Bird is having a tough night every night, I mean that's worth something. Um, but he's just making the all defensive team. That, that's great, but it's not like he's like a uh, like one of the other guys is a f- I think a four time defensive player of the year guy. Uh, it's not like he's super dominant. Did he make anything happen in the college department? Um, or no, he wasn't. He's pretty uh, underrated in college. Not uh, draft well. He wasn't much of a college star. Um, Cooper's Cooper's kind of secondary claim to fame is that he was a good three point shooter. So I, I'm going to tell you what his th- actually. Do you want to guess what a good three point shooter was in the mid '80s? In terms of uh, attempts or percentages? Both. I've got them both here. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm sure he's shooting uh, like two attempts per game at uh, 38% or something. That is actually sp- almost spot on. He was uh, like 2.8 uh 38.5. Right. That's the uh, classic uh, sniper stats from back then. But I'm, I'm, I mean, he's got a case... He played a big part of the LA Lakers uh, super teams uh, back then. And it's hard standing out on the offensive end when your teammates is like, what did he he got Kareem right? Uh, He got James Worthy right on those teams. Yeah. Byron Scott and stuff like that. so I'm, I'm sure there's not, not even room for him to make an uh, offensive uh, performance happen. That's a fair point. Yeah. yeah so if you're if you're saying okay, this guy Michael Cooper, he was just a big part of their championship team. He made a difference, but maybe just not on the offensive end, and and that's why the stats just uh, doesn't look that great. Would you take uh, Andre Iguodala in the hall? No, I wouldn't. I think um, I think that might be a fair comparison. Uh, I mean, yeah. Iggy probably had a better individual career prior. Coop, yes. Coop was more, he was always on a good team. He was always kind of in that role. But, you know, Iggy's biggest claim to fame is that finals MVP where he stopped mm. LeBron. And I think that's probably Cooper's claim to fame is that he slowed or stopped Ray Bird. Right. He's got five NBA titles and he played a big part of that t- those teams. So is that enough? I guess. <laughs> I, I'm... I'm voting now. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. Uh, I don't want to argue that. Um, in the case of Andre Iguodala, like, do, have you ever seen a Finals MVP not making the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Let's see if Cedric Maxwell is in, because how he somehow stole a Finals MVP? No, he did not make it. Cedric Maxwell right. took the 81 MVP away from Larry Bird, and I, I've not read a good explanation of how this happened. <laughs> That's so 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 strange. Yeah. It's something I've always wanted to know because I, I just don't get it. I, hmm. And I, I wasn't alive. I didn't watch the series, but, you know, he, he led them in scoring. He had okay two more points than Bird, but Bird had 15 points, 15 rebounds, and seven assists that series. Kind of kind of feels like should have been Bird's MVP. It's 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 pretty strange those years when, when there's one of those role players who just go out and make a big difference. Uh, I'm not going to say Andre Iguodala didn't make a big difference in, in that final series. Come on, he wasn't the best player. <laughs> you remember when Danny? Um, I think it was probably the year the Spurs lost to the. Heat. But there was like the first three games, we were like, "Is Danny Green going to be Finals MVP?" Because he had just yeah. You know, sometimes those stretches work. Yeah, you can build some some excellent stories in 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 those final series. Uh, always, um, there's always some player that's just shining so much, although they might not be the best player on the team. 
Um, yeah, it's a good story. This has definitely been the year for finals or for Hall of Fame, where some of the guys who haven't made it in past years are finally starting to get looked at. Yeah, you know, not a lot of recent retirees. Uh, our third guy is Tim Hardaway Senior. Yeah, uh, he basically invented the uh, crossover, right? <laughs> I don't know if he invented it, but he definitely perfected it. He, yeah. yeah, he was like Iverson before Iverson with speed and quickness on that uh, part of the run TMC Golden State Warrior. He kind of feels like a a, a clear cut no brainer for the for the Hall. You know, really. Well, what was it? A five-time All-Star? Five-time All-Star. Uh, he made the All-NBA first team in 1997. Um, three times All-NBA second team. One time All-NBA third team. He made the All-Rookie first team. So pretty pretty prestigious career. Lots of awards. Yeah. Um, so, some solid playoff successes. Uh, I don't know if during um, during the start of the pandemic, when we had the last day or the Jordan documentary, he come out. Yeah, Last Dance. Uh, Phil Jackson has a book called The Last Dance, so I was questioned to. Um, (laughs) ESPN put up a bunch of old Jordan games, and they put up his 98 All-Star game. And I went and watched it. One, it's just a fun Garnett and Kobe's first All-Star game. But they're talking about how Tim Hardaway at Lonzo Mourning in Miami uh, are in trade talks to get Mitch Richmond and how if they get Mitch Richmond they'd become a title favorite which would be over the the then back-to-back champion bowl so I, I really want to say Hardaway had a lot of love during his career they thought he was really good yeah I think he's a guy that's been respected a lot by other players um and and I th- and I and he's basically the opposite of uh, Michael Cooper, I guess. He's a guy who really evolved the uh, offensive game. He also won a gold medal in in 2000 Olympics in Sydney. Mm. Do you have any knocks against him, Mahal? No, not 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 really. I mean, I'm always hearing whenever I hear about like legendary pl- players from from the late 90s and stuff like that. Tim Hardaway is always in the conversation. Can't say I have watched a lot of uh, Tim Hardaway, to be honest. But you have seen a lot of highlights, I'm sure, on, on YouTube of his uh, crossovers and uh, yeah, just being an offense, uh, offensive, uh, great offensive player. So to, to put him in a little bit more modern context, he does have a bit of a Derrick Rose situation of... Yeah. He, he excelled. He got great early. He had a torn ACL that took made him sit out a year. Took him a few years to get back to, to form. Uh, but he did actually get back to form and had a few MVPs. So in thinking about Derrick Rose, how, where do you stand on Rose's case for, for Hall of Fame? Oh, he, he should get in. Yeah, I mean, he was the MVP. Um, and he's still a pretty good player. Um, could redeem himself this year. East is not looking super great at the moment, and the Knicks is just um, climbing steadily. Maybe this is the year where Derrick Rose is just going nuts in the playoffs. I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, I'm sure. As a uh, just for his uh, play in Chicago alone should be enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you saying? Do Do you think Tim Hardaway is uh, luck for Hall of Fame? Yes, but we we were kind of discussing this. You and uh, for the listeners. Hmm awareness we were discussing what if you could only take five people and hardaway is on the bubble he's currently my fifth guy i will accept uh i will accept other uh arguments because i know you've got a guy in here fully uh, so when, mm. we, when we get down to that man I- i'll let you argue his case yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna put tim hardaway in the bubble so far um well our, our fourth guy here is Marquise Johnson. I saw I saw when this list came out, you you asked, who is Marquise Johnson? Have you found anything out about him since? <laughs> no, not really. I, I get that. 
Yeah, I mean, I've, I've asked around, but it doesn't seem like a big star by any means. Um, but then again, <laughs> I mean, not a lot of uh, Milwaukee Bucks players is getting uh, tons of love. But again, he's just away before my time. I, I first encountered uh, Marquise Johnson when I was trying to do uh, do my top 100 rank. And let me let me try to, try to sell you on him. Marquise Johnson wasn't awesome awesome small forward at the start of the eight so much so that uh vincent malarosi of the new york times had this quote about him in his prime marquise johnson was considered one of the three most gifted forwards alongside julius irving and larry bird oh wow yeah so i i know sydney moncrief i was playing with him um but i don't really know that team but looking at his stats page on Basketball Reference, <laughs> I can see that he was one hell of a player, averaging uh, 21 points per game for Milwaukee throughout seven seasons. And his defensive stats look so good. So maybe this is just a case of me not having watched this guy at all. Um, his nickname is MJ. Yeah, the original. The original, yo. And his second nickname is Slammer. So I'm guessing he's a good dunker. He also is still a dunker. Marquise Johnson turned 65 uh, a few weeks ago now, maybe a few days ago. And every year he dunks on his birthday, films it, puts it out on Twitter and TikTok and wherever else these things are going out. So there there is a video of him dunking in his Giannis freak shoes uh, and then his daughter politely asking for the basketball back. Oh, dad's that's cool. old <laughs> nice yeah I'm, I'm just looking it up is i have the t- t- uh, twitter page up right now i can see he's dunking still at 65 that's cool yeah <sighs> maybe we should put him in i think for the dunks at 65 alone he doesn't <laughs> yeah. make it into my final five but if i can only take five of these guys but i mean if you're looking at 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 just his stats alone he's one of the better players on on, on this uh finalist class I dug into a little bit of his playoff resume. Uh, his mm-hmm. his first year, or in '81, he leads the Bucks to 60 wins, which which is impressive. Mm. And this is back when the NBA is only doing eight teams in the playoff, four East, four West. So he's the two seed against the 76ers with Julius Irving, all those guys. And Johnson goes for uh, 24 points, nine rebounds, basically five assists, a block and a half, and a steal and a half a game against Julius Irving, who also is at 24 points, eight rebounds, uh, two assists, three blocks, and a steal and a half a game. So he's putting up near identical stat lines against Julius Irving. So there, there is some credence to that fact or that idea of him being as good as Dr. J, behind Dr. J. Put him in. <laughs> Get him in there. I don't know. I, I The only name I, I, I know from, from those teams in, in, in the 80s, uh, Milwaukee, is Bob Lanier and uh, Sidney Moncrief. Don't know a single one of the other guys so um hmm. I, I don't know them too well but he graded out really well in my all-time matrix he's kind of been one of those guys that i've secretly i, I want good things to happen seems like he was the star player on that don nelson team uh so hmm. yeah let's get him in there well, i'm with you going from someone i love <laughs> to someone i hate paul pierce mm, yeah that's also make my stomach churn are you an anti-paul pierce guy too yeah I think he's super overrated. I agree. I 100% agree. (laughs) He deserves the Hall of Fame. Like, I'm not going to try to sit here and tell you he's garbage. But I'm also not one of these people that are like, ah, Pierce won a championship. He now deserves to be top 50 all time. Right. Paul Pierce just happened to be in a very good situation when he won his championship. Yep. 
Like, do you remember before Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen got traded to Boston? Those Boston teams were terrible. I think they had like they did they, they won so. F- Let me just get it. Yeah, they they were really bad. I don't have the exact numbers, but you know, Pierce was no longer making All Star games. He was longer. It looked like the sun had set. This is not like one of those Dame Lillard Lone Star stories where Lillard is carrying to the the playoffs. Pierce was more fond on his own, but was not not going much of anywhere. No, they were basically the worst team in the Atlantic Division for a few years in a row. I did dig into his playoff history um, because it should be noted in 2002. Uh, the Celtics had a really nice run with him and Antoine Walker. Mm. Uh, first round. Do you ever wonder what happened to the 76ers after they made the finals? You know, Iverson has that great run, is the MVP. Then we kind of never hear from Iverson again. Yeah, Iverson got traded to, uh, was it Detroit or uh, Denver or something? He goes to Denver, but that's a little bit later. The next year they make the playoffs with Iverson. And Paul Pierce happens. Pierce averages 30 to eliminate the 76ers oh, right. in the first round. Yeah. Uh, in the second round, Pierce has a terrible, terrible series. Um, but kind of so did everyone. It was against the Pistons. And we're not to your guy yet, but Ben Wallace did average 17 rebounds this series. So good, good series. Uh, and then they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, Boston does. And they are up, uh, up in, in the series 2-1. And Pierce basically just lays an egg the rest of the series. And the Nets come back to win. So it's not a Paul Pierce game. No, me neither. But even then, I think he's a luck. Again, he's, uh, you can't deny he's a great player. Um, and he had his own game. Uh, did he only win one championship? Yes. Although, if you ask Celtics fans, they would have won two if Kendrick Perkins didn't get in. Mm. If they were all healthy. And I yeah. hate that so much because they won in 2008 when the Lakers were missing Andrew Bynum. And I'm I'm like, you guys can't hold on to this fact that if you lost Perkin, like, they're like, oh, we would have won in 9 or in 10 if we had Perkin. You guys wouldn't have won in 8 if we had Bynum. You know, stop saying if everyone's healthy. <laughs> Seems like so long ago. <laughs> but I think, like, uh, those years was actually the... Uh, um, that was like the beginning of me watching every single NBA uh, game during the playoffs. Uh, I think the uh, th- that's when it, um, NBA started getting uh, traction on Danish television. Seems like so long ago. <laughs> Early 2000s. Pierce was uh, not the fan of the Danes. The main commentator in Denmark is a big Boston fan, so they got so much love on, on, on television. <laughs> it, was, it was basically like a Boston announcer which probably is the one reason why i hate boston celtics <laughs> i get that i grew up with bill walton as my as the main announcer on games that i watch and he was really pro lakers almost to an annoying part except for if they played the celtics then he'd shift into celtics do you agree like is he a luck i, I think he's a luck yeah even if i can only have five he makes it you know Finals MVP, 10-time All-Star, 4-time All-NBA. He probably actually is still a top 100 player. He made it there in my Matrix, but I just personally don't like it. No. It is now your chance to talk about your boy. (laughs) Ben Wallace? Yes, sir. Yeah, I love that guy. So my favorite team um, growing up is definitely Detroit Pistons. Um, The the second Bad Boys team, can I call them that? Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. They're not the originals. They call themselves... Yeah, they call themselves the bad boys, right? But yeah, not the originals, of course. 
Ben Wallace is, in my opinion, the best post defender in NBA history. That alone, in my opinion, ma- makes him a lock for the uh, Hall of Fame. But I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure that's the consensus. <laughs> when I when I talk with people uh, in Facebook groups and stuff, seems like I'm a bit high on Ben Wallace compared to other people. Got Dennis Rodman in there, who is probably the most similar to uh, Ben Wallace. I actually have Ben Wallace and Dennis Rodman up there as the best defenders in the league uh, history. Is that totally uh, just me being a fanboy of Ben Wallace <laughs> growing up? Um. No, no, no. Ben Ben was really good. I mean, four-time Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, he was six eight, and he he could stop uh, Shaquille O'Neal. He was listed at six eight. Ben is probably more like six, six seven, five. right? He's yeah, short. he's short. Right, right. But he's got long arms and so strong. I've always been in the firm camp that Wallace is so much shorter than the way he's listed, which just makes it more impressive. So his best years in Detroit was both from the early 2000s to like 2006, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then he really fell off hard as soon as he left. Yeah. yeah. But then he was like 32 years old when he left. So here's my thing with Wallace. Wallace is probably, I, I'm not sure if I'd go the the greatest post defender because I I do lend a size for Dikembe Mutombo. Um, also, there's always the Hakeem Elijah one. Gonna argue, um, but, but Ben is definitely up there. He was a four-time defensive player of the year. My bigger knock with Ben Wallace is how are you going to let Ben in before you let in Chauncey? Yeah, that's wrong. Uh, right? Yeah, for sure. He was my favorite player on that that Pistons team. And he was the best player. He was the finals MVP. He was the engine that made it go. 100%. Um, Yeah, that makes it a bit weird. Why is Chancey Billups not a Hall of Famer? They're both eligible, but Billups wasn't selected as a finalist. Huh. Hmm. That makes it a bit awkward. Right? Like, Hmm. you could have done a really cool... Like, the Hall of Fame is not above making people, you know, get in the same years or... Like, I think Bosch deserved to make it last year. Bosch should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But because it Hmm. was the Kobe, Garnett, Duncan, they were like, no, no, no. This class is special. We're not putting putting Bosch in here. And I respect that. You can wait your turn. But it does feel like you kind of should have had them together and ducked both of them time. Yeah. So maybe maybe he should just wait to next year and then uh, go um, go in uh, alongside Chauncey Billups. I'm sure they they'll be top candidates next season next year. Yeah, I'm trying to think who's retiring. Well, I guess it would have been who retired four years ago because you have to wait five years to be in the league in the hall. Yeah. But uh, I just double checked. But Rashid Wallace is also not in. He had those great runs. So yeah, you know, I I just don't know if Ben deserves to be the first and not first piston, but the first of that group in the hall. So even Richard Hamilton is not as well. Yeah. Oh, mm. that makes it a bit awkward. I I didn't think about that. Maybe we could like do a uh, like Pistons year and just have a uh, Chauncey, Ben, Richard Hamilton, maybe even Tayshaun Prince in at the same time. That would be kind of cool. I think that would make sense. And I just pulled up the list of players um, are eligible for next year, like first time eligible guys. And mm-hmm. it's not a great. We we're looking at like Joe Johnson, Josh Smith, Brandon Jen. Um, Zach Randolph. I guess Manu's there. Uh, Manu, Jason oh, Terry. Yeah. But not hmm. not like the cream of a crop. So if you wanted to do a sentimental year and just be like, all right, we're inducting Ben, Rip, and Chauncey all together, next year would be a solid year for that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's leave out Ben Wallace then. You're going to let me keep Hardaway? You're not going to talk me out of him? No, let's, let's do that. 
I, I mean, now you made now we made it awkward. <laughs> uh, I, I, as much as I love Ben Wallace, I can't have him over Chance Phillips. Thank you. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah, you know, it's it, when you're on a team, it does matter which one of the which one of the guys gets it. So yeah, it's not like Ben Wallace would be the difference maker if uh, Chauncey Billups wasn't into in Detroit. And Chauncey had a good second act. Chauncey went on and played really well for Denver, and they had some playoff successes. Hmm. There, there's a world that if the Lakers, uh, if the Lakers don't beat the Nuggets in 2009, which that was a close series, then Carmelo gets a ring, Chauncey gets another ring with Denver. Um, you know the I do believe they beat the Magic, so... Yeah. Yeah. And Ben, basically, he had the five years in Detroit when they made the Eastern Conference Finals year. And outside of that, before that, he wasn't doing much. After he left to Chicago, he was pretty much washed. Mm. And again, it's just a case of he, he landed in a perfect perfect um, situation. You know, do you think um, Dennis Rodman would be, would be Dennis Rodman if... He didn't uh, land on a team like Chicago Bulls. Yeah, Rodman had a great first act in Detroit, um, but we did see him go some other places. He went to San Antonio, and it was terrible. He, yeah, right. He after the Bulls tried to bounce around a little bit, uh, he actually was on the Lakers for a half a season, and that yeah. went horrible. Uh, I remember Ben Wallace was in Cleveland at at one point. And he was still pretty good defender, but you could see that he couldn't carry any team. I don't remember his Washington years at all, but he landed in Detroit and just got into the perfect position. He could just be that amazing defender and 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 do that, do what he's great at, defend, at, rebound. And at his side, you know, mm. Ben was listed at six nine, definitely not. So inch for inch, he might be the best post. Right. Okay. Let's leave out Ben Molliston. I wasn't expecting that. That Chauncey wouldn't be there. No, I didn't think about that. Also, uh, like Richard Hamilton is one of my favorite players ever. Definitely, he should be up there before Ben Wallace. I'd take Ben over Rip because Ben was just such a pronounced defensive player. But and I would actually take Sheed over all of them because Sheed had a really good career pre-Detroit. Detroit was his kind of second. That's true. Act. Yes, but. If we're just judging their Pistons time, literally just Pistons time, Billups, then Ben, then Rip, you know. Yeah. Yeah, Sheet was just, he he was, uh, he could do more for sure than, than Ben Wallace. He was also a good defender. The Skywall yeah. is what they uh, what they tried to call him for a little bit because he had both Wallaces yeah. or the Wallace brothers, yeah. which they weren't brothers, and then it was kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But okay, there's another big man in here though. Yeah, coming out of that same era, we have Chris Webber, probably one of the mm. best passing big men. A um, little bit of a point forward guy. How do you feel about Webber? There's a lot of uh, hate, I think, around uh, Chris Webber for some reason. Well, it's because he's the world's worst announcer. And I can't stand to listen to him. He is. And here's why I wish we just had an NBA Hall of Fame. Weber's biggest attraction is the fact that he lied under federal oath when discussing um, the his college uh, taking of bribes and whether or not that timeout was intentional. And he did perjure himself. And that has been firmed. And he did face federal sanctions for that. Like, that, that's, that's not... De- Debatable. Uh, like you can look up court records, confirm that, and he got kind of blackballed in the NBA. But it also happened in college, and his NBA career was kind of the karma equivalent of then having uh, his championship taken from him by uh, by the refs in 2002, when the Lakers got a ton more fouls called for them. So I feel like cosmically, karmically, it has it is clean. He should be good. We shouldn't hold uh, his college days against him anymore. He's paid the price. Mm. 
One thing I'm not hearing a lot uh, when we discuss Chris Webber, we always always hear how great a passer he is, how great like a modern uh, big man he was um, at the offensive end. But his defensive stats is actually also really excellent. Yeah, it's like everything, everything that's 1.5 steal per game throughout his career. He had a lot of blocks as well. He did a, his rebounding. Great. Um, for for a lot of seasons, he was actually averaging more defensive win shares than offensive win shares. No, he's a lock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's probably the best player in in this uh, uh, class, I think. And he probably should have gotten in earlier if it yes. weren't the off the court, I guess, college ish. Yeah. The the early two thousands were really a great era for power forwards. You had the Duncan, you had Garnett, you had Dirk, but you also had Weber, and Weber kind of gets forgotten because the only of those never in ship. And he was super close to getting a championship. He was. He, I'm not giving him the Lakers rings. No, no, no. Keeping those, but oh. I am going to say he probably... Yeah. His coach is also up for the hall this season. Good old Ricky Adelman. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Great coach again. I mean, those uh, those that, those that years uh, in Sacramento was just pretty damn good. They should probably have won a ring or two. Is, is that the best years of Sacramento? Probably the best since they moved to Sacramento. Yeah. The franchise, when they were in Rochester, New York, I, I want to say got a ring. Yeah. Yeah, they won. Oh, when was that? Was that like before the NBA or something? Uh, it was the second year of the NBA in 51. All right. So <laughs> definitely the best years in Sacramento. And they actually haven't made the playoffs since Rick Adelman. Yeah. Um, and Chris Weber was the best player in Sacramento, right? Mm-hmm. Paige Sojakovic was averaging more games in the playoffs, uh, I think. But he was the best player, right? Yeah. Well, it was definitely a central focus around Weber. Peja kind of was able to flow and shoot. Um, yeah. Bibby was the ball handler. Vlade Divac was the flopper. Um, mm. It's, mm. Doug Christie was their Kobe stopper. They had a young uh, young Hedo Turkoglu as well. Yeah, they never used Hedo. Like, no, no. As soon as he left, he kind of blew up. They were like, ah, oh, we don't need Hedo. We already have Peja. They do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. God, they could play them. And a young Gerald Wallace as well. <laughs> he also exploded when he left for uh, went to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, but he's a luck. He should be in uh, earlier than than this year. <laughs> My- so uh, he he's he's the top. Tough guy, tough guy in this uh, class. I, I would actually, I would argue that Weber might be the top player, but I would actually, if we're ranking all these guys and how much they deserve to get in, I will take Rick Adelman's coaching. Yes, I was thinking that as well. They, they had, they had, they had a top two. <laughs> Adelman is ninth all time in win. I, I don't get how you can have a guy that's ninth all time and wins not be in your hall. He's been yeah, out of the that's pretty for a crazy. And he's pretty famous too, right? I, I mean, I know his name, although I don't, I, I haven't watched a lot of Sacramento from back then. Uh, basically, the only Sacramento games I've watched from from their heydays was in the playoffs against the uh, Lakers. Adelman had this nasty habit of running into Phil Jackson. So mm. he started his career um, coaching with actually the Portland Trailblazers. He was the coach of those Clyde Drexler Portland Trailblazers that made the finals uh, against Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson. And so Adelman lost. He then goes to Golden State, has a few bad years, goes to Sacramento, gets Chris Webber. Chris Webber has to face Shaq and Kobe. And Adelman has to face Phil Jackson. And again, he loses. Right. After Sacramento... Adelman goes to Houston and gets Yao Ming and Tracy McGrady 
and they have this awesome 22 game win streak uh 10 of those games without Yao Ming and then they ha- lose or don't have Yao for the playoffs they lose the Lakers the next year they're missing McGrady Yao goes out halfway through the series and they lose to the Lakers and Phil Jackson kind of every time he gets a good team he faces Phil Jackson with a better team and so I can't really hold it too much against him yeah he was hired to replace uh, Stan Van Gundy no uh, Jeff Van Gundy uh in Houston. Hmm. Um, and he made the NBA All-Star game as a head coach in my birth year, 1991. So that's something. Yeah, good. Nah, but yeah, he should also be in. 14-ish years to coach. Yeah. Would you say he's like a top 10 coach in history? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ninth most win. That's top 10 coaching. Yeah. So how, <laughs> again, how is he not in the Hall of Fame already? That's strange. It's- It's the fact that they don't have any sort of clear-cut what is and what isn't uh, coaches. Yeah, yeah. Or or, or players, or any sort of way to determine what you're standing. Okay, so now we've got got Chris Webber in there, and uh, and Rick Edelman. That's the top two. Yep. Then you got Chris Bosh, right? Absolutely. At the three, yeah. And then we got Paul Pierce, right? Yeah. At the four? Yeah. And who's our fifth guy? Is that Tim Hardaway, then? I'm probably leaning towards Tim Hardaway. So it's between Michael Cooper... Marcus Johnson, Tim Hardaway, and there's two coaches we haven't talked about yet. Just one coach that we haven't talked about. Uh, Bill, Bill Russell, right? Yeah, which, yeah. this is going to sound disrespectful, but I don't think Bill Russell's coaching deserves it. No. You're, you're with me here? Yeah, he was like a playing coach, right? So he was a player coach for his first for his first three with Boston, where he got two, and that's where most of his wins come from. If you mm. just look at his single just coach, uh, he only coached for five years, and he won 179 games, lost 270. Yeah. Was not a particularly good coach. No, no, he wasn't. Um, I, the narrative, is pretty, narrative is, is pretty cool. Like, if any player... In history, should make the uh, Hall of Fame two times. Then I guess Bill Russell is a uh, is the only candidate. I think there are already a couple of guys that did it. I want to say Lenny Wilkins is in as both a player and a coach. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Like, but at such a young age, mm. like I get you can you can be a a player, have a career as a player, and then you step away from the game. And when you get older, you'll have a coaching career. I get that. But Bill Russell was like straight from player to a playing coach. Um, it just seems like it was much more of a compact career, like one continuous. Well, so I, I do a lot of reading on Molden, and it, it was basically Red Arback said he needed to retire. He couldn't keep doing the coach more. Mm. And Bill Russell says, okay, if you're retiring, I'm retiring because I'm not playing for any other coach. And Arback, who was moving into management, was like, well, what if you're the coach? Which this was pretty common to have player coaches. It's actually how almost mm-hmm. every team started was, was mm-hmm. most teams had a player coach. Uh, We had that on, on my junior team. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I no, I don't want a player coach. I don't feel like you're actually doing much as a coach or as much as a player. You're kind of you're sacrificing one for the other. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the narrative is cool. Um, he also is the first African American coach, and that should be noted. Um, in the same way that you have the first African American player in the league in the Hall of Fame. Um, I just I, I view his coaching record and his playing record separately, and I don't view the player coaching record. I, I give that more to the player than. Yeah, I get that. Um, so we leave him out. I think so. Yeah, maybe he'll make it uh, in a in a worse uh, 
Hall of Fame class at some point. But according to my ESPN page here, um, they have Jay Wright as well um, as a coach who is coaching in the NCAA, NCAA. What do you call him? Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I left him off the list. But I do like Jay Wright. I wish the Lakers had hired him at a certain point, or I was really mm. trying to get them to hire him. That I have any say, but he's won uh, two NCAA Division t- tournaments. Uh, he has been in three Final Fours, uh, and I have no idea what I'm looking at other than that. Yeah, I, I was just gonna um. skip him. <laughs> yeah. So who who's our fifth? My my nomination is Tim Hardaway. That's that's who I lean towards. Um, not sh- oh, it's between Tim Hardaway and Mark Marquise Johnson for me. Mm, I I kind of talked myself into picking Marquise Johnson, seeing as though I have this weird respect for Sidney Moncrief, and apparently this guy is better than Sidney Moncrief on on that team. Um, <laughs> let's go with Tim Hardaway. I I won't talk you out of Johnson. That. Uh... The guy dunked at 65, and he's... That's so cool. He also, if, like, I, I watched a couple interviews of him, listened to him talk. He's just, he's a really nice, genuine guy. I think he's still around Milwaukee. He's still helping with the organization, so... Oh, fuck it, then. Let's go with Marquise Johnson. Right. I didn't know him before this uh, broadcast, but... Yeah, you talked me into uh, picking Marquise Johnson. Awesome. Um, yeah, so the top five is Chris Webber, Rick Edelman... Um, Chris Bosch, Paul Pierce, and Marquez, Marquise Johnson. And you got Tim Hardaway. I'll I'll take Johnson over Hardaway. I I think cool. they'll both probably make it. I don't know. I was also looking at the list of guys who weren't nominated. And you, along with Rip and Chauncey, you also have guys like Sean Kemp, Amari Stoudemire. Um, oh, so many good names left out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't Danny Walsh also? No, he's a contributor. He's not in the uh, hmm. yeah. Oh well, a, a lot of great names. So so uh, if we got real, like outside of our little top five here, do you think both Tim Hardaway and uh, Michael Cooper will get in as well? I I don't think Cooper should get in. I think there's okay. a, I think there's a chance that he gets in just because people like those Lakers. Yeah, you know, it was a very popular. probably the highlight of the NBA, right? Yeah, it was a very popular era for the sport, but. I, I have a hard time letting Cooper in because if I'm going to let Cooper in, now that means I need to let Robert Ory in because Robert Ory got seven rings, was a big contributor, a lot of key shots in playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And if you, mm. you know, you just start going down the, okay, does Mario Chalmers make it? Because Chalmers was a big contributor. And I think it gets silly at some point. You know? Yeah. So that's that's kind of my high bar is I want someone to be a multi-time, you know. I So we'll leave out Ben Wallace and Michael Cooper for sure. Yeah. And Ben's a, Ben's a postponement until Chauncey gets in. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and I want to see Chauncey, Ben Wallace, and Rip Hamilton get in at the same time. That would be great. Although the one the one negative is you always have someone introduce you, a former Hall or like you have a Hall of Famer get up and give a speech bringing you into the, to the Hall. So if they do get in one at a time, it would be kind of nice to have Ben then be able to introduce Chauncey, Chauncey introduce Rip, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. so on down the line. Maybe, maybe we'll... Maybe we'll get Chauncey Billups next year, and then we can get Ben Wallace after that. That'd be good. Yeah. Because it was basically Chauncey Billups leading the team, and the rest was just really great role players. Ben Wallace, great defender. Rip Hamilton, uh, he was like that Clay Thompson type guy who just ran around. Such a great complimentary guy. Then you had Tayshaun Prince, who just 
defend opposite team's best player at times. Um, yeah, but Billups was like the clear star on that team. Well, I know real world, we're getting close to 10 o'clock for you. I feel like talking a little bit about uh, CB3 and um, oh, what was the other player I was thinking about? We have been talking about Victor Debo a lot, um, but did we talk about him getting offered a contract? Uh, we talked about him being on the trade market. I don't think we said anything about him rejecting his uh, the offer, the contract offer. I think Houston want to res- resign him in, uh, in the offseason. Yeah. They did give him a. Uh, the, I, I want to say they offered him two years, uh, two year extension. Two year forty five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Victor Debo was talking in a in a press meeting uh, on a, on on Zoom that um, that basically the uh, um, Fatida came to him said, uh, "Listen, we are offering you a two year forty five. We know you are going to reject this, and uh, we are fine with that." But this is just a uh, like a sign of uh, us wanting to uh, have you around here. A good faith offer. Yeah, right. So this is all we can give you right now. Uh, we know you're going to reject it. Um, let, let's see what we can do in the offseason. Basically what he said. And that was Victor Debo saying that. That's good to hear. Right, yeah. So maybe it's not that dramatic uh, as I thought. If they could keep Oladipo, him and Wood would be a nice pairing. Yeah, right. Uh, and and it's, it's also just tough because they don't really have a lot of uh, young uh, guys uh, on that team. So that uh, rookie Tate, he's like 25, I think. Did you see the lineup they played the other night? Or was it just last night? I just saw that every, everyone was out. <laughs> um, but Kevin Porter Jr. was playing. He was beasting out there. Yeah. It's sad. That's he pretty might be good. The, he might be the second most uh, reputable player that played last night behind yeah. Ben McLemore, which is not... Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Porter, Sterling Brown, Jay Sean Tate, Justin Patton, who I don't even know. And I... You know how much work I put in this. Yeah, right. I think Justin Patton was uh, traded from Minnesota. He was drafted by Minnesota. Um, but I don't think he ever got any playing time, Man. even on, on bad nights in Minnesota. Yeah, 16th pick. <laughs> he was in the Jimmy Butler trade. Right. So Chicago to Minnesota, 16th pick. Traded again with the Jimmy Butler trade to the 76ers. Cut by the 76ers. Signed by the Thunder. Traded to Dallas. Cut by Dallas. Signs with the Pistons. Traded by the Pistons. This is to the Clippers, cut by the Clippers, signed by the Bucks, cut by the Bucks, is now with Houston. <laughs> this guy's played for 10 teams already. What's <laughs> he like 25 or 24 or something? Um, he is 23 years old. <laughs> Nine teams. Damn. Only played for four of them. In three years. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> but at least he's getting playing time now <laughs> he's averaging six points and 4.4 rebounds so solid player um i i couldn't stop smiling because i saw uh kenyan martin on on the box score apparently there's a guy called kenyan martin jr on, on that team it's his son oh it is yeah wow yeah he uh was one of the high school to well he kind of did this uh i want to say he was with img academy he did a, a fifth year of high school, basically, so that way he could bypass the no high school players, uh, went straight to the league, super athletic, more of a wing than Kenyon Martin was, but, right. you know, that's a cool. late second round pick. I like Kenyon Martin. He was so, such a cool player. I do too. Those Nets teams were really underrated. Yeah. Richard Jefferson was solid. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, Carrie Kittles. Yeah. And when they got Vince Carter. Yes. Do you want to do some uh, Chris Ball talk or do you want to kind of wrap here? I just heard Charles Barkley saying that uh, Chris Paul should be in the conversation. And then, of course, Shaq was pretty dismissive. Right. Yeah. As, as they do. Um, but I kind of like the idea. <laughs> I I was doing the power rankings this morning and I I was shocked. I had Phoenix at the number two. Um, yeah. They're playing really well. Phoenix is just so much better than, than last season. And the biggest change is just Chris Paul. It doesn't... Like, this is not Chris Paul's best year. No. And I was kind of explaining to my wife about uh, Oscars, because she's kind of starting to get into award shows. Um, and I was telling her about how Spike Lee won won an Oscar for Black Klansman, which was not one of Spike Lee's best movies, but it was kind of like a career achievement. There was no no one that really deserved the, the award this year. And so they wanted to give Spike Lee it because he hadn't gotten an Oscar. And I might mm. be messing up this entire... Uh, I don't mm. actually know if he got an Oscar, for, but I think he did. I'm also not well-versed in Oscar. But that's kind of how this feels for, for Chris Paul is, okay, it's not his best year, but the way LeBron's playing, I'm sorry, get LeBron out of this MVP conversation until the round. Yeah, he's just not... Uh, he he's not committed to this season at all as as an MVP candidate. Um, yeah, it, and you wanted to or Jokic just going down with this injury, he's going to miss at least two to three, possibly yeah. more. So I, I don't know if his candidacy continue. Um, we, we're all team Jokic here. I know. I think you and I both had him as our. We did the MVP talk previously, but I, I think. Oh, you mean you, you mean uh, Embiid went down, right? Yeah, Embiid with went an down. But yeah, yeah. But we are both Jokic, who's still in the race so i don't know i think paul's got a, a chance i'd say he's in my top five right now and, and the weird thing about Jokic is that uh, at, it doesn't seem like he's getting traction in terms of like uh, narrative and and publicity as a guy not living in in the states i can't say this for sure uh, maybe i'm wrong about this but it then was not like a, a super popular team in, in in the states right no they're they not. don't get a lot of headlines no my parents went um they went to denver in 2003 uh, a little bit after the 2003 draft and they went on a ski trip and they wanted to bring me back a a denver like, little pennants mm. triangle they go to a sporting goods store and they Find a Lakers one, no problem. They find a Utah Jazz. I was a Carl Malone, John Stockton fan, so they got me a Jazz. Um, Raptors, uh, and then Sonics. Like These were my fav- favorite teams, because um, I was actually a really big Gary Payton fan. Little did I know how yeah. bad the Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Lakers would go. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they asked the guy for a Denver team, and he's like, I don't think we have an NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's the problem, I think. The general public don't don't really uh, care about uh, Nikola Jokic yet. It might change coming seasons if they do well in the playoffs. But at the moment, I think it's hard for him to like you know gain traction in the conversation, and and that's why. LeBron is still in the conversation. It, it doesn't help Jokic that the West is always loaded because, like, his they're fifth in the West, but you know the East isn't. The East has three good teams, so like being five in the West, I think, is more impressive than third in the East. But people always hold that against him. So who are, who are the other candidates? Can, can you can you can you have uh, James Harden in 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 the MVP conversation? 
Absolutely. But then again, he's playing with Kyrie and incoming Durant. Well, Durant's been missing. So I think if I had to vote today, and this is just kind of off the dome, I didn't put all these guys together, but if the season ends today and we're going with what have you done for me? Well, actually, let's say season doesn't end today. Season ends in two or three weeks, but everyone keeps playing, you know, so Embiid drops out, he's injuries. I probably take Harden number one. If he keeps doing what he's doing, Harden's my number one. Jokic is my number two. But I'd, I'd listen to a case for Chris Paul as three versus Giannis. So either three or four. It would probably be a big, like, again, an, a narrative win. If you look at Chris Paul's stats, uh, it's not <laughs> looking incredible. But <laughs> Chris Paul could have won MVP in other seasons. And he's a likable guy, uh, I think. And he's very popular. He's a bigger name, for sure. And not not to use the, the age argument, because I know one of our listeners hates that, Cam. But <laughs> I'm going to use a different non-basketball argument of... He's the head of the Players Association, him and Michelle Roberts. The fact that they negotiated a season, kept it going, it's the reason why we have basketball. I'll, I'll, I'll give Chris Paul props. He he negotiated the bubble. We got mm-hmm. to he, have last year's playoffs. That that feels like it should be counted in the most valuable player. <laughs> no? But you also, it's, it's just hard because if you look at his stats... It's, it's just going to look weird. Yeah. Uh, because you still got guys like Damian Lillard. You got the guys like Giannis and even Kyrie, Luka Doncic. I mean, they're just playing insanely well this season as well. If you look at Giannis' stats, it's, it's still insane. <laughs> People are just tired of him now because he won MVP. Well, here, you know, I, I'm not saying Chris Paul should win it. I'm saying I will accept him into the conversation, which I think is all you were asking for. Exactly. So, so like Chris Paul could win it because the field is kind of weak this season or just maybe not weak, but it's just very, there's a lot of guys playing at a very high level. They kind of level each other out, mm-hmm. which makes room for a guy who's just outstanding in other ways than stats. Um, and Chris Paul just went into Phoenix and did what he did last season, made a young, young team perform way better than expected yeah and you can just see like players are just enjoying it so much in in phoenix uh booker is playing better than he used to um i personally think aiton is is looking brighter than than he did last season i just who do they just play oh gosh i was just watching this game like yes oh the blazers and like phoenix is here to win that was my big takeaway because they benched aiden late because dario was rolling uh, and Dario was pick and roll, kicking the ball uh, as the roll man. Hmm. And Phoenix was just like, nah, we're we're not here to mess around, try to develop Aiton. Like, if he's playing good, great. If he's not, not. He doesn't have these minutes locked. And I think that's some of the Chris Paul attitude of like, hey, young fellas, we're, we're here to win. You're not bringing it, sit on the bench. Right. And they're a scary team because they have some star power now. Uh, you saw how great uh, Devin Booker was in... in uh, clutch situations in, in the bubble. Mm-hmm. He, he's maturing. And, and Chris Paul is just a great guy to fall back on. So, so they're definitely scary. Uh, they have some good defenders. Michael Mac- Michael Bridges have been s- 
insanely good this season. Nader. What is um, Nader's first name? Um, Bob Dill. Yeah, I'm always impressed when I watch him play. He's just got a lot of yes. a lot of limbs, a lot of arm. Uh, seems yeah. to always get the toughest matchup when he's on the court. So he was guarding Lillard. They got got a lot of out of uh, Cameron Payne. I mean, that the weakest point is probably that bench. Um, they'll rely on Cameron Payne uh, being valuable in in the playoffs. But they're a scary team, and and I think their star power is maybe better than Utah Jazz. Maybe not really. I don't know. I would I would say that Chris Paul has more star recognition than any of the Jazz players. Yeah. Chris Paul is basically Mike Conley if, if Mike Conley was better. Yeah, he's just like a, a souped up Conley. Did that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Mike, Mike Conley is Chris Paul if... Uh, yeah, the poor no, man's Mike. Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, poor man's Chris Paul. Great save. I'm all in for Chris Paul MVP uh, this season. Yeah, let's we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We can keep him in the conversation. There's a case. Uh, Charles Barkley's best point was uh, Steve Nash won the MVP. Yeah, but we all look back and, at those Nash years and kind of regret it. Right. You, when, <laughs> and we'll probably do the same with CB3 if you wanted. When is the last <laughs> time we haven't regretted a point guard winning MVP? Uh, depends uh, how you feel about uh, Russell Westbrook, I guess. I, I okay. I guess I guess Steph Curry. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he was unanimous. Westbrook. I feel like we kind of collectively regret that one. Rose kind of collectively regret. Nash kind of yeah. Collect kind of yeah. I've I've been seeing a lot of think pieces on Iverson's MVP recently. Like, did he actually deserve it? And I know he's kind of a two, but a small two. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, just but looking back. <laughs> at Super Free winning the MVP and just looking at how amazing all the other guys in the league is playing at the moment. It, it, it would look very strange in 20 years' time. Yeah, I definitely probably will. Yeah. Nice talking about CB3 again, though. It is. The, the, the league is better when the stars are playing. Star are playing. Mm. His blip and sad kind of just... Yeah. He's kind of just forced to stand off on the side as Harden did his thing. Yeah. I kind of wish that Houston had figured out what Harden's doing in Brooklyn right now because he's really involving people. He's bald. Yes. It could have been bad. I wonder how much we're gonna... How we're gonna look at the... Oh, now I can't remember his name. The coach uh, during the Harden... Uh, Harden and Super Free. D'Antoni? Yeah, D'Antoni, yeah. Uh, how are we going to look at his career uh, when he retires? Oh, man. He a Hall of Famer. He's got some bright spots, but definitely also some dark spots. <laughs> I feel like he's got to get in the Hall of Fame, maybe not as a coach, but as a contributor. For Like, he did yeah. change the entire way basketball is played. For sure, yeah. Maybe even multiple times. Um, but first time, yeah, with the Suns. Yeah. Amazing basketball. Probably my favorite team. If I had to, like, choose one team to just highlight. I just loved Steve Nash and uh, Amari Stoudemire together. Anyway, yeah, it just I was just thinking about that um, because it was it is very sad that Harden and, and uh, CB3 didn't work out, and I I think we should just blame D'Antoni for that. What? Nah. Yeah, let's do that. No, I like D'Antoni. You were just giving a blow <laughs> for the Suns teams. <laughs> Can we blame Harden for it? Yeah, let's just do that again. Yeah, let's we'll put the blame on Harden. But it's just annoying to see how good James Harden is now. Why couldn't he do that in, in Houston? He needs Steve Nash. Hmm. <laughs> you got Nash coaching you. It all changes. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's ironic. But they have, they have Mike D'Antoni there as an assistant. Like, <laughs> like Mike, why couldn't you figure this out, you know, three years ago? <laughs> yeah, he needed Steve Nash. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, yeah, but James Harden is the best player in Brooklyn right now, right? Absolutely. Well, I mean, Durant hasn't played for like the past month. <laughs> um, so, yes, he is the best currently available player. This playoff year is going to be great. Oh, I can't. Seriously, like, so many great matchups, both in the East and the West. Um, although I don't really like the East at the moment, uh, other than Brooklyn, it's, it's, there's still some great matchups in there. You know, Brooklyn is a lock for the for the finals. Uh, that's for sure. If the playoffs started today, and this is this is horrible. We can't do this because we start going down this rabbit hole. <laughs> we're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be here for three hours. But if the playoffs started today, and assuming the team win their match or their um, play-in rounds, you would begin with 76ers Raptors. I'm in for that for sure. Great series. Nets Hornets. Nets Hornets. Yeah. Uh, and I had Hornets as like a dark horse. Well, it's, you know, the Nets are going to steamroll the series, but the games are going to be like 135 to 100. It's going to be a yeah, lot It's going to be fun. great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Bucks, Knicks. I I might kind of skip that one. It feels like the Knicks are worse than the Bucks at everything. Yeah, that's going to be a boring series. Heat, Celtics. That's It's got some fire. It's got some potential. Yeah, it's got, yeah, exciting potential. Yeah. Second. Second round in the East would be Sixers, Nets, Bucks. I'm down for both those. Both sound great. Yeah. Out West. Sure. Out West, you get Jazz versus Mavs. Not not my favorite matchup, but like both teams. Spurs, Sun, Lakers, Blazers, oh. Clippers, Nuggets. And that Clippers, Nuggets. Yeah. I'm sure Clippers won some revenge for last season. Oh. No. Uh, yeah, well, last season. Yeah. They battled it out. They battled it out uh, last season. Um, it came back from that hmm. 3-1 deficit. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's it'll be good playoffs, but I don't think we can dig into the. We do. I really want to see uh, Phoenix and and Denver to get, uh, to play each other. Phoenix and who? Phoenix and Denver. That'd be yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see Golden State st- sneak their way in. Golden State can move past San Antonio. That'd be nice. Uh, a Warrior Suns fun. I'm just gonna be so happy when San Antonio makes it and they are letting go of Lamarcus Aldridge, so I can say that Spurs made the playoffs without uh, two All Stars. You know. There's, there's a guy in our mission chat, chat being very vocal about uh, Spurs uh, underperforming. <laughs> so I'd uh, I'd love to uh, see that happen. They're better without Aldridge. Just statistically, they're negative six with them on, positive seven with them on per 100 possessions. Aldridge have been horrible this season. Yeah. So it may, makes sense they let, let go of him. He's actually probably a good way to wrap this. Where do you think he's going? And do you think he makes any impact he gets there there's some some uh, room for another center in uh, detroit maybe but honestly i can't see him <laughs> making an impact on a championship team but maybe we'll see lakers do something i don't know but then again don't take minutes away from marcus all i don't like that assuming you got aldridge on the market you also have demarcus cousins on the market yeah neither of them give the lakers a lob threat so they're they're kind of just a re- of the bigs they have there. Neither of them are stretch threats, right? So if you want to, if if you want to go out on a positive, maybe we should just a good feel good uh, story would be him joining uh, uh, the Trailblazers again, burying the hatchet. playing a few, play, maybe playing a few seasons and then retiring a a blazer. Nah, listen, if I'm Damian Lillard, <laughs> if I am Damian Lillard and Aldridge is like, hey Dave, can I come back? My response is no. Fuck you. <laughs> If you would come say, on, I gave you a happy happy ending. <laughs> I, I know I'm throwing it right back at you, but like, <laughs> listen, yeah. if he had stayed, he and Lillard could have actually been really good. Yeah, and he he is why Lillard has been the solo R. 
him leaving. Yeah. <laughs> so if I'm Lillard, I'm uh, saying no. You can't come back here. <laughs> like we're never. Like that would be horrible. We're not retiring your jersey. We are burning you off the record books. You have ruined my career. <laughs> like you're gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Detroit it is. <laughs> Detroit it is. <laughs> now we also talked about Detroit this uh, podcast. That's fine. Good. Oh, we actually talked a lot about Detroit. <laughs> no mind. Yeah, we talked about championship Detroit. This is... <laughs> yeah, po- post-traumatic uh, Detroit. Yeah, yeah. let's let's wrap there <laughs> on the trauma of Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, well, great stuff. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, like and subscribe. Find us on Facebook. Email us questions at hoopstemplategmail.com. We'd love to do another email. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's <laughs> go.